0: Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Occasionally, Facebook will present me with old photos, and videos of my children as memories of past years. It will say something like, three years ago today, or seven years ago today, something like that. And it always gets me. It's a reminder to me of how time is passing and how quickly my children are growing up. And. Honestly, it's bittersweet. I love seeing how much they've grown and matured, but it also, well, it makes me want to put the brakes on everything. I'm not ready for them to grow up yet, I think. Now, my children are still young, so I can only imagine what it must uh, have been like for many of you to Watch your children grow from babies to adults, to go from learning to walk, to learning to drive, um, to leaving for their first day of preschool, to moving away to college. Now I want to keep my children with me close, close to me, always, Um, but I know that inevitably, They will grow into independent adults. They'll they'll live their own lives following the path that God has prepared for them. To be born is to begin a journey. Maturity doesn't spring into existence in a day. It must be developed by time and experience. It must be learned. To be human is to learn and to grow. None of us sprang into existence exactly as we are now. We began weak and helpless and only gradually attained greater independence. And Jesus was no exception to the rule. Isn't it remarkable to think that the great God and creator of the universe would submit to this process. That the eternal son would need his mother to wipe his chin and to change his diaper. And yet, because Jesus was fully human, he had to grow and mature and to learn the same way all of us do In the Islamic faith, um, Jesus is not divine, right? Um, and yet, ironically, neither is he as human in the sense that our Jesus is, the Jesus of the Christian faith. What do I mean by that? Well, in the Quran, the holy book of Islam, the holy book uh, believed in by Muslims, um, Jesus' mother gives birth to him alone in the desert, uh, under an olive tree. Um, And when she returns home carrying the baby in her arms, her family is distressed and assumes that she's compromised her virtue. Um, And they interrogate her, but she's taken a vow not to speak, so Her tiny infant baby speaks instead. The baby now, the baby. He says, I am indeed a servant of God. He's given me revelation and made me a prophet. Already as an infant, Jesus is a prophet and he's speaking words of rebuke and instruction. It's odd, isn't it? I'm following the example of Many apocryphal texts, uh, Christian texts uh, from the early days that have not been accepted as authoritative. The Quran depicts Jesus as performing miracles also as a child, such as bringing clay pigeons to life. This is no ordinary child. Such tales, though, are notably absent from the canonical Gospels, the Gospels of the New Testament. Um, We're told very little about Jesus's boyhood, Um, but we have to assume that he no doubt had a typical childhood despite his miraculous birth. There's no stories of miracles or or things like that from Jesus's childhood. Um, And I imagine it was fairly easy in the day-to-day responsibilities of raising a child, for his parents to put his divine identity out of mind and to treat him as parents would their little boy. Can it be doubted then that in those years, despite what the angel told her, despite the words of Simeon's prophecy, his mother cherished the same wish that every mother has of keeping her little boy with her always. And yet, in our gospel reading today, she's reminded that her boy, now on the cusp of manhood, must soon leave her, that he has a greater destiny, that he must be about his heavenly father's business. During the family's annual trip to Jerusalem, Jesus wanders off from his family. He's drawn like a magnet to the temple, to the place where the learned scribes and teachers discuss the Holy Scriptures. Jesus is becoming an adult. He's beginning to show signs of the remarkable man that he will be. And the teachers of the law are surprised at just how wise and gifted he is for a boy his age. Now you might wonder how it is that it took his parents a whole day to realize that their son was missing. But remember, Jesus is 12 years old now, a boy his age, in his culture was allowed a larger degree of independence. Mary and Joseph were traveling with a whole group of relatives. What 12-year-old boy wants to hang around the skirts of his mother when he could be off with his cousins, getting into trouble, right? Um, they were probably used to the older children doing their own thing while the parents did theirs. It soon became apparent to them, however, that Jesus was not with his cousins or any of the other relatives. When I was around the same age Jesus is in this passage, I can recall wandering away from my parents while on vacation um, and my parents being simultaneously angry and relieved when they finally found me. It's an awkward age, right? When when you are beginning to feel like an adult, but your parents still think of you as a child. And Jesus, again, is no different. He's genuinely puzzled as he says to her, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Luke tells us that At the time, Mary didn't understand what he meant. But that she pondered all these things in her heart. Just as Jesus' emergence into his destiny was a gradual one, so is his mother's understanding and acceptance of who her son is and what he is called to be is a gradual one. When reading this scene, I can't help but think also of another event later in Jesus' life. Jesus is teaching the multitudes. When it's reported to him, your mother is outside with your brothers and sisters, and they want to speak to you. And his response, we might think, seems a bit insensitive. He says, my brother, my mother, and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. I think that perhaps Mary was having trouble accepting the fact that her son was not her own, that he belonged to the world, that he was the son of God, the father, before he was her boy. I imagine when Mary heard Jesus' response that she pondered it in her heart, just as she does here, just as she had with the story of the shepherds at his birth. It was dawning on her that she needed to let her son go. How could she have known what she was getting into when she said yes to the angel Gabriel? And what about the wedding at Cana? Jesus was reluctant to act, but Mary insisted that he do something. How could she have known where it would lead when she pushed him out into the spotlight? Soon, the words that the prophet Simeon spoke to her would come to pass. A sword would pierce her heart as she watched her son die, lifted up as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. I think it's natural for parents to keep their children sheltered from the world. After all, God has entrusted them to our care and our guardianship. But eventually, we must begin the painful process of letting them go and entrusting them to God and to their wider destiny. I think it's also natural for children to sometimes be reluctant to leave the comforts of home and to follow where God leads them. Parents need to have the wisdom and strength that Mary had to nudge their children out of the nest when it comes their time to fly. And we too, even if we are a grown adult, whether we are 8 or 80, are in the process of development. We never quite stop learning how to walk. The process of maturity can be difficult and painful. And there's always that temptation on our part to just, well, maybe I'll just stay comfortable. Maybe I won't step out into the wide world. But we have to. The process of life forces us out into the very dangerous world. So what is it that God has in store for you? What is the purpose to which he's calling you? What new lesson does he have for you? Put your trust in God. Submit to his guidance. And with each passing day, with every turning of the year, you will increase in wisdom and in grace and in favor. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.